Welcome to the Soul Connection with Dr. Christy Ann Lefferts, also known as Dr. K. On our program, we bring you stories of faith, holistic connections, and so much more. Now, please welcome your host, Dr. K. Hello, and welcome back to the Soul Connection, a show devoted to exploring the interconnections between our world and your soul. I'm your hostess, Dr. Christiane Lefferts, known as Dr. K, your soul doctor. And we have an incredible, inspirational story of an overcomer today on our show from our very own hometown of Tampa Bay, straight from you, straight to you from the NBC series, The Voice, Jeremy Rosado. Thank you so much for joining us. This is going to be so exciting. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Yes, I'd like to give a little bit of what I know. Um, Jeremy, you have been such an inspiration. I I have worshipped with you um, locally here in Tampa. And you're a phenomenal worship leader, the, the Spirit of God. You can just, it, it is tangible. And um, I know the last time I connected with you, it was, it was the, such a tangible connection that there is so much the Lord is really doing in your life right now. Um, I normally don't uh, get teary-eyed when I shake people's hands, but the Spirit of the Lord just touched my heart, and I could see you just singing and just just the glory of God moving through you and being an inspiration to the people around you because God has a frequency. God inha- inhabits the airways, and we need to take them back. And we need people like you with this God-given talent to glorify Him instead of, you know, the other side and so you bring such a beautiful frequency of the Lord into a tangible feeling so when I connected with you I just felt just the Holy Spirit come upon me and just started showing how he wants to use you in this season and um, and I am so happy for you of everything that is happening you I couldn't think of a nicer guy to for all of this to happen to you're you're a wonderful wonderful human being you're a man of god and um and i'd love for you to share a bit of your journey with us yeah well yeah thank you so much for having me again what a what a lead in <laughs> to this thank you for your words uh and uh yeah life is wild it's god's been so good and and like you said before we you know we go to the same church and, and we've gotten to worship together for a while and um, this year has been one of the craziest, most amazing, most God-ordained years of my life. If there's even a way that he could ordain one more than the other, which I know is not possible because he's always in it all. But I just, I literally have experienced the hand of God in a way this year that pertaining to this dream of mine and to my career, like I've never experienced in my life before. And um, I'm just so thankful and it's been so incredible. And I know we're going to dive into more of it, um, you know, in detail, but it is truly, I, I, I still to this day stay a little speechless when I, when I just kind of try to process everything that's happened, especially in the past six months, being on the show, being on The Voice, what a life-changing kind of experience and holding fast to who I am at the same time. Yeah, it's been, it's been so amazing. Well, I have to say... Um, for such a national uh, spotlight to be on you, um, sometimes I can go to people's heads. But I can tell you that hearing you worship the other day, I knew that you understand your position in the kingdom and these things in the world, they are just tools in a toolbox. And your source doesn't come from man. Your source comes from your inner man, which is the God within, which is the Holy Spirit given to you. And so, you know, you reach into the toolbox because we are not to conform to this world. We are not of this world. We are to transform this world. And you take out the tool known as the voice, and God brings you on there to use you to show his glory through your life because he uses people. Yeah. He he shows off through people. 
and um, and honestly, he couldn't use a, a better person. And I'm so glad that your your who you are, your core, does not seem to have changed at all, which is such a beautiful thing, um, especially with this much attention to you. So. Tell me a little bit about your history, Jeremy, tell our audience. Um, how did you develop this surety in, in yourself and in your faith walk and your faith life? That even all the attention and all the spotlight doesn't seem to phase you. Yeah, um, so go, it just kind of goes all the way back to how I was raised. I grew up in New York City. I grew up in Queens, New York. And I am uh, one of six kids. My parents uh, were previously, they were both previously married before they got married and had me, but so we're like the Puerto Rican Brady Bunch is what we like to call it. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, <clears throat> my mom has just, uh, she's just always loved Jesus more than anything. And the example that she set for me at such a young age, I make a joke about it all the time. I say, I'm, I must have been like praying in the spirit coming out of the womb because this woman she was just so in love with Jesus, and she so she still is. It's just like it was all I knew, and it wasn't like a weird thing for me as a child. I just kind of connected to this God that she loved, and I I always tell people like they they ask me like how did you hold on to this? Like how you know a lot of people are raised in church, raised in ministry, or you know have parents that you know are believers, but then maybe kind of stray as they get older and. There's a song called Mercy Said No by C.C. Winans that I grew up singing. And uh, well, and C.C. Winans is the reason I sing. She is the greatest for me in gospel music. But um, And it's just literally the first verse of that song is like, I was just a child when I felt the Savior leading. I was drawn to what I couldn't understand yet. And I have to give credit to my mom because, you know, the Bible talks about raising your kids in the right direction and, and those seeds that you sow. And I am literally a product of that. And, and, and it's just, it's, I love, I love Jesus because she loved Jesus. And then as I got older, I understood that I had to build a relationship with him. That was my own. It wasn't hers, you know? So I fell in love with her Jesus because of the example she said, but it was my choice because he is a gentleman, you know what I mean? To not force himself on it was my choice to fall in love with him as, as my savior. And I don't know, I just I just did. Like I experienced too many things so young to not give this God of mine a chance to really be the savior of my life. And um, yeah, so my parents moved us down to Tampa when I was uh, probably like 13, I wanna say. So it's been a while, been out here for a long time. And uh, maybe 12th and um, yeah, that's that's just that's that's how it all started for me. I started singing in church, singing in, singing in ministry, and um, I became a worship leader at my church very very young, and uh, just started to like sing for Jesus. And I love I love music. I I was the kid at like three four years old that wasn't like grabbing a football. I was grabbing a remote control because I was singing. You know, like mm. such mm. a it was such a real thing for me. Like. And, and that can go two different ways. Like I could have just been a kid that wanted to pursue entertainment, that loved art and loved that. But I was the kid that also loved Jesus like with his whole heart at the same time. And so when those two worlds collided, it became like everything for me. And I started being able to sing in the church and started writing plays for the church. I started doing things within, within the body of Christ that kind of gave me the fulfillment of the part of me that just loves the art of it along with the purpose, you know what I mean? It's not, mm -hmm. it's not empty, it's full for me when I get to sing, when I get to minister, when I get to worship, when I get to lead people and yeah, it's, um, I started very young and uh, I've always known that this is what I was supposed to do somehow. I feel like, I really feel like God really revealed himself to me very young and while I couldn't understand when I was maybe so young, I began to just, rely on the feeling of the Holy Spirit. Like even when I couldn't understand yet, you know what I'm saying? Like it just kind of, I just kind of knew who he was and I could trust him, you know, and life wasn't easy. And, you know, things, things haven't always been amazing within my family unit and, and, 
and, and things have gotten hard. You know what I mean? I, I, uh, I don't know if we're going there yet, but I'm just going to dive into it. My, um, I'm, a, I'm a single dad. I've got full responsibility of my, uh, my. She's biologically my niece. Her name is Jocelyn or Jossie. If you watch the show, um, that was my whole story. Got featured like crazy, and um, she's the best thing that's ever happened to me. But she's biologically my daughter's, uh, my sister's daughter, and uh, that gets a little tough for me. Uh, my sister, she just couldn't be the mom she needed to be. And so when Jossie was two years old, my mother got custody through the state. I was obviously too young to get custody. Yeah. Um, but I started to become a dad that young. It was at this point, my parents had divorced and it was mm-hmm. me and my mom. Mm-hmm. And my mom had a full time job and um, it was me. I potty trained this kid. I fed this kid every day. <laughs> like all the things that you learn to do as like yeah. a dad. And uh, it's it was a lot of weight, you know, carried to be 13 years old. Um, yeah. But there was. And I, I hate to talk about myself in any way that feels like I'm praising myself, but I don't, without, I don't know how to explain it. It has to be God. I was so young and I kind of understood the weight situation and I was always able to carry a lot of weight on my shoulders. And yeah. I remember being 13 and seeing this little baby suffer as she got pulled away from my sister and coming into our home and trying to love her and trying to just be there and, yeah. and, and protect her and, and, and make her happy because she'd seen so much, so much sad. She had experienced so much sadness. And, um, I don't know. I'm sorry. I hate, I hate that I'm getting emotional, but I, I, um, I remember being like 13 years old and I remember one day, um, my mom had let my sister come to see her. We weren't supposed to because we were dealing with, um, child services. Mm-hmm. All the things that that was, that was a whole other, those were those years of just, just a lot of heaviness, but she was there and, and um, I remember the baby being like three years old and I'm hearing her like talk to her mom, just like cry to her, like missing her. And I remember thinking like, God, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure this kid never feels, never feels like she's never lacks anything and never has to feel unloved again. I'm going to do everything I can, and I know I can't do it without you, so I'm going to need you. I'm 13 years old talking to him like this. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, but I saw long-term what would end up happening somehow. And, uh, yeah, when I became old enough to take full responsibility, I did. I didn't want my mom to have to take on raising another kid for another 10, 15 years, you know? And, and um uh, it just made sense. Um, she calls me Coco, my baby girl, and uh, yes. she 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 nicknamed me that when she was about that age when we got her. She, she, wow. ran, she must have heard it on TV or something. Um, yeah, so I've raised joy in my life's been raising her all these years, and uh, you know, uh, as I as I grew up, I was still wanting to pursue the music, pursue everything, but I had to sacrifice time, you know, to focus on providing a life for this kid yes. and, and yeah. providing a, a, a home for us. And uh, God is gracious. And I got to do American Idol about nine and a half years ago, almost 10 years ago now, and made it to the top 12 of that show and got off the show and got a record deal and became a worship pastor of what they call mega church and got a full salary. And this is where I started to really see like the provision of God. You know what I mean? Like, yes, like, showing up like okay god like you've, you okay this is this is how you keep us stable like i can keep pursuing the music i'm able to minister to you people like this is like an all-in-one kind of situation and at the same time you're providing for me to be a dad to this kid and uh uh that was amazing but at the same time the part of me that got to travel and do the shows like that stuff had to, I had to go to the back burner because i was a dad mm-hmm. for myself and uh so yeah, so the past nine years have been crazy, intense, um, but great and amazing. And God has been all in it. And I've seen every season of life with this little girl, you know, from elementary school to middle school and into high school. And she's graduated high school now and she's in college. And I'm, wow. I'm like, 
biggest proud papa that you could meet. And um, because she didn't get handed the cards, you know, that that were fair, you know, and what we would think. And so anyway, well, she got an I'm ace so proud of her. <laughs> she got an ace with you. Let um, me tell you. She really uh, did. She's very proud. Very, very proud. So Yes. Yeah. That is just such a a heartfelt story and yet you've been able to do so much with your life um, and I understand the whole single parent thing quite uh, quite intimately and it is a huge challenge it always feels like you're you're juggling something and, and you want to make sure that your your child isn't getting the short end of the stick so um, but we do have a break coming up uh, I thought going to break, maybe perhaps you could uh, sing us a little tune on the way out because I know sure, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll fade it out. But I would really love to have you give us a little tune and, and if possible, maybe that one that you weren't supposed to sing or you were advised not to sing. And we'll, oh, yeah, we'll jump back into that discussion yeah, I mean, when we come back. Jump back into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Hit it, Jeremy. Yeah, so uh, this is Reckless Love. In all the overwhelming, ever-ending, reckless love of God, oh, it changes me though, finds till I'm found and leaves at 99. And I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away And all the overwhelming Never-ending Reckless love of God There's no shadow you won't up Mountain you won't climb up There's no wall you won't kick down I won't stand out, coming up to me, and all the old, ever-ending, reckless love of it chases me though, I still love Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to The Soul Connection. If you'd like to call in during the live show, call us at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to holisticwellnesstampa at gmail.com. And now, back to this week's show. And welcome back to The Soul Connection, where we are continuing our discussion with Tampa's very own Jeremy Rosado. And we have just been your, your cheerleading squad. Go team, Jeremy. Um, praying for you, uh, cheering for you, and so very proud of, of how you've represented not just us and not just this area, but the kingdom, your kingdom people. And um, I believe we're moving into a new era where God is really going to take the people who have been tried by fire for years and years and years. And it's what I call going to be a big flip. 
and those that have been unknown in the past and working and, and, and striving, but stand for something. And even though we don't do everything right, we just have kept plugging along year after year, you know, in, in relationship with our Lord, the, the one who we trust in, the one who collects every tear. And uh, so with that, I wanted to kind of have you explain how there's going to be some pressures when you get to this level of, of fame on the national stage. So, you know, NBC, I'm sure they're going to give you agents. I'm sure there was um, thousands and thousands of people that you had to uh, compete with to get these very coveted slots. And, uh, and then you, you make it so far and you kind of announce that you're going to do a Christian song. And so, which were absolutely so beautiful, um, man, you can feel the spirit of the Lord just moving through you as you, as you share with us your gift. So with that, I wanted you to give us a little bit of insight about the struggles, the trials, and, and what you learned and what you had to stand for, stand for something or fall for everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Getting to do The Voice on NBC was a complete dream come true. Um, when I did Idol, I never dreamt that I would get another opportunity like this. And as we spoke before, I've really had to sacrifice those opportunities that came from American Idol because I had to focus on family. So this was literally God giving me like a whole nother, talk about a redemption story. It's like a whole brand new chance, you know what I mean? I'm like, what would I do with it at this point? And, I went into this very strategic because it is a game show, essentially, right? There are 40,000 of us in the beginning of this season. Oh, 40, wow. 000. And 40,000 becomes 100 that get to go to L.A. and audition. And 100 becomes like 62, and it becomes 48, and 48 becomes 32, and 32 becomes 20, and that becomes 13, and 11, and 10. And here we are in the top 10 of The Voice after starting with 40,000 people. Now, if I have ever experienced the hand of God in such a real way, like right in front of me, it was in this experience because I think this experience was meant to happen for so much, so many more reasons than just because this is a dream come true. Like, I felt like I had a responsibility, number one, to share the gospel. Like, that was my goal going on to the show. Number two, I've been trying to get this Christian music market, you know, and to give me a chance for so many years. And, and it is a tough market. It's not easy um, because we are all flesh and human beings in a, in a business world, you know. But I know that God is in control and I know that he can do absolutely anything. And I think this was the opportunity he gave me to get another chance at this. All that to say, um, I had every intention, I remember when I made it to the live shows, we've been, this process started a year ago. October 31st of last year is my first audition for the show. And uh, coming all the way up until a year later, we're in the live shows now. And I got to send in to Kelly Clarkson what songs I want to sing for the live shows. She's picking them. And I have like eight worship songs. <laughs> I have a note on every worship song. I need, uh, I need a moment to worship Jesus on this stage, period. And I just put that every time I put one of those songs. And they didn't pick a Christian song the first week. It didn't happen the second week. And here we are going into top 11. And I met with a record label exec that runs part of the show. And um, we had a quick meeting. And he was like, you know what, man? He's like, what kind of artist are you? What direction you want to go in? And I said, listen, this is who I am. I am a Christian artist. I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to do Christian music when this show is done, um, no matter what. Like nobody's going to change that. That's that's the direction for me. I know what producers I want to work with. I know where I want to be in Nashville. I'm I, I've got the team already ready. I just need this platform to give me a boost, uh, to give me a boost. And he told me surprisingly, man, I'm so impressed by the fact that you know who you are as an artist. You need to talk to Kelly and you need to talk to production. And you need to tell them that you want to sing a Christian song because you need to introduce yourself to that market on this platform. And I was like, 
I didn't expect this record exec to tell me that. You know what I mean? I didn't expect him to be like, hey, you should do this. And I got like this fire in me in that moment. In that same night, I started contacting production. And I became annoying until it happened. And I started reaching out. And then finally, um, the night that I got to dedicate to my dad, uh, Because You Love Me by Celine Dion, we were doing a press tour on Zoom just like this. And uh, I got an email that popped up on my computer and says, hey, um, we picked your song for next week. As long as you make it tomorrow, it's Reckless Love by Corey Asbury. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Finally. This is finally <laughs> worked out. And I told you I've had every intention. Every every contestant, everybody in production knows who I am. I made it very clear that, like, this is what I do with my life and what I'm going to continue to do with my life. And so everyone was so excited when they found out that I got to do a worship song because – it's the essence of me, you know, and it's, it's, yes, I love to sing and, and I'm good at it. Okay, cool. That's cool. But there's something so different. Like when you get to be like, so in line with your purpose and where the Holy Spirit can kind of come alongside you and like light this thing up in a way that doesn't, the secular stuff was cool and I, and I love it and it's fun, but like, those songs, but it, it just, nothing fulfilled me like this. And, I, and every rehearsal going into it, I remember just thinking, like, I saw Kelly and, and, and I kind of got to, like, uh, witness to her about the Lord. And, and she loves the Lord and she knows she knows Jesus. But it kind of was, you know, she cried a few times. and I got to witness to my vocal coach and to just different people. It just opened up a whole different world. It was, it was such a different week. And I felt so amazing going into it because... It seemed like everybody agreed, like, oh, my God, this is who he is. And on a spiritual side, yes, amen, that's what I want. But for these people that they're thinking money and they're thinking dollars and they're thinking success, they're also thinking this is really genius of him because he actually can be successful in this arena. Um, And so I was very thankful for that. And then, like, coming into um, the performance and, it ended up being beautiful, and Kelly and Ariana both gave me standing ovation, and, and it was it was amazing. But the response from some of my family and some of my close people, they were so nervous that I would take a chance like this to kind of exclude some people on a national platform that maybe don't love Jesus, don't know him. Like, they're like, you know, you're taking a really big chance of losing a big chunk of this audience who are voting you through every week. Are you sure you want to do this? And it began to affect me. And especially that night after the performance, their words started to affect me looking at numbers online and people's reactions. And the comments that were there were absolutely supportive. People were like, oh my God, this is so incredible. I felt the presence of God or, or I, I, don't, I don't even know God, but this song spoke to me tonight. Like, oh my God, God really loves me and, and runs after me like this. There's really a reckless love that I can turn to. And I'm reading these things and I'm like, oh my God, this this was the reason. This 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 yes. was it. You know what I mean? There were 10 million yes. people that watched. Yeah. Why would I not take this opportunity to tell them about the God that I know? Like, But in, in that, the numbers were lower than what they were when I sang all the other songs. And so those numbers mixed with family members' voices in my head, I struggled that night so much going into the next day when we were going to find out the results, and I was very nervous. And But I remember just going before the Lord. I remember going before the Lord when I got the song the week prior. And that next morning, I sat in the tub, and this is weird. The shower was running, and I was crying before the Lord. And I was thanking Him because I was like, yo, like, this is... This is why I came here. Like, right. I get to tell people about my Jesus. And it's not a weird thing. Like, it's, I literally just, this is what I came here to do. Like, how gracious of God to, like, give me this opportunity. And then I know in a, in a flesh way, this is going to make the Christian market look at me like, who is this guy? Using this opportunity, mm-hmm. this platform to sing about God. Like, we got to know who he is. So I'm just thanking God for all of that. And... That night when I did sing it and I was kind of falling into this negative headspace, I just kind of went before the Lord the next morning and I just like made a decision to say, you know what? I made the right decision. And if I go home tonight and America doesn't vote me through, 
I'm going to read these comments of these people that were impacted because the millions of them that watched and got to hear about the love of Jesus is more important than an extra week on this show. And I don't say that yes. in like a, I don't say that in like, oh man, I'll go home and I'm just pretending like I'm okay. I meant that in a real like, this goal succeeded. This is what it's for. Mm-hmm. And so I remember talking to my mom and my mom is like my, my dad. They're both like my, my son. You did exactly what you came to do. You got to honor God. You got to sing for him. Like this, it's going to be fine. And I made it through that night. America voted. Millions of people voted for me to make it through singing about Jesus. And in that moment, I realized not only is God so gracious to give me the opportunity to get in front of the Christian world. And let's not even talk about how it opened up already because the artists and the pastors and the Recordable people that have already reached out because of the show, because of that moment. It did all that. And God wasn't just gracious in that. He was gracious enough to still honor me and give me that week. And let me say, like, you know, like, you were willing to give it up for me. But here, America voted you through. Here's another week to enjoy. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the the day, the show has ended for everybody. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I missed the finale by two weeks. That's nothing crazy. I'm into the end of this show. And I'm so thankful that I got to do what I came to do. And it just goes to show that, like, you got to be willing to risk it. You know what I mean? And, and I don't mean that in, like, a nonchalant, like, just risk everything. No, like, sometimes it comes to a point where it's like a decision has to be made. And I really believe that God will honor that decision. And he has completely <laughs> blown my mind already. And I'm not even allowed to do anything yet because I'm still in the contract that I'm waiting to get out of. So I cannot wait and I cannot I can't even imagine fully all the things that are coming from this because of that obedience and there is blessing in that and not just the physical blessing but legitimately I mean I had someone tag me on Twitter yesterday and just say I don't I'm not even religious but this song of Jeremy singing is taking me to church every single time I listen to it and I'm like these people that are like fleshly that don't even know you know what I mean like yeah, I think there's a new hunger right now, and especially so many people have felt the oppression of the last season that we, of life that we went through that I believe, I'm, I'm kind of a, a hope advocate, I believe that we serve a God that will turn it all for our good, and it will inspire hunger for people, and they'll be looking for a different frequency, not to turn on the, the tube just to hear more um, negativity or or uh, uh, invasions into their soul, but to be uplifted for a change. And you know, we're the average person going down the road is not going to remember five, ten years from now who was on the Voice at what in what year. You know, but you took an eternal perspective. And that's what God wants us to do because we don't chase after the things of this world. You're laying up your treasures in the next. And so your concern was about souls. And that should minister to every single Christian that if we keep the eye on the prize and not worry about man's system, he will do his job to take us to where we need to go. Yeah? So, you know... um, your journey has just really inspired so many people, including myself. Uh, and I can't wait to, to see how everything takes off because you have been obedient. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's part of our intimate walk of our faith is obedience, sacrifice and obedience. So with that, we're going to catch a quick break and we're going to come back and we'll, we'll wrap it up here. All right. Stick with us. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to The Soul Connection. 
If you'd like to call in during the live show, call us at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to holisticwellnesstampa at gmail.com. And now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to The Soul Connection, a show that we explore how our outer world affects our inner man, our soul man. And today we have just an awesome guest that we've been chatting with, Jeremy Rosado. Uh, He is part of my worship family, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Uh, We have just a new, fresh move of God. Ministry is changing. We've entered a new season, and we have, as the body, we are each other's brothers and sisters. And there's a corporate anointing that comes upon a group that is unified, and it's a spiritual empowerment. And um, for us to share in each other's giftings, for the elder members of the church to prophesy and lay hands and impart upon the younger generation, pray for, and and, uh, kind of a passing of baton to some degree for the next generations to run, and that's how it goes. And so I wanted you to talk a little bit about how your church life here, and, and I use the word church not as a building. I'm using it as your the collective corporate anointing has anchored you. Okay? Go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, my, well... My church, the building, the people in it, first off, have been so incredible in this season, especially. I've only been with Pastor Rob and Pastor Jen Mallon for about a year now. Um, and what God has done in my life through them in this season has been so, man, it's been, it's been so life-changing. I came from a really tough situation where I was at before. And, um, it, it, it's so random how I got connected with Pastor Rob and Pastor Jen, but They've been so instrumental in, in my healing and just giving me a chance to just be me as a worshiper and, and as a believer, as a part of the body in this church, specifically Reliant Family Church. And it's been so amazing. Their support, their authenticity, and their push throughout this show has kept, kept me um, and, and and everyone else, Karen and Didi and, and Maria and everyone else that's been praying and covering me and Honestly, like if I didn't have that back home, you know what I mean, to be able to text and call, doing this show this past year has been one of the most emotionally, one of the most emotional roller coasters of my life. I mean, being just because of, just because of the restrictions due to COVID itself, you know what I mean, and having to feel yes. the future like that, being alone in a room, and, um, secluded, it was it was a crazy time. So having them has just been, it's been everything and. Just having, having support, man. Just like, just uh, I, I try to like, just try to think like, God, like, what did I do to deserve, like, so much love and support from the body of Christ? You know what I mean? Like, I get like, okay, cool. I've, I know I've dedicated my life to the Lord. I'm not perfect at all. It's very <laughs> that's that's just throw that out there. But my heart for God, for the church, for the local church, and for the church as you know, around the world is, has always been a priority, you know what I mean? But I still wonder, like, what did I do, like, to deserve, like, this love and this support? And it really is just God's favor. And, and I am, I, I, I get at a loss for words when I think about what, what, what the body of Christ means to me, especially in my local church and how they've carried me through the season has been pretty incredible. Well, you've got a, definitely an incredible group of people behind you. Um, but, you know, sometimes people will say, um, they'll be, maybe have had a bad encounter at some point in time with a, a, a church, a group, um, and they'll hold it against God. They'll hold an action of man. And honestly, I think everybody who's been in and around church long enough has a story, um, where somebody offended them, somebody did them wrong, and um, I know I've done a lot of 
jail ministry for about 10 years, working with people coming out of jail. And, and just about all of them, or a great deal of them, has, have some story. And some of them are, you know, legitimate. And other ones, you know, they, they may have read things into it. But in the end, because all of a sudden the actions of one person has turned them off to coming together and they're, they're missing out on the unity of coming into a body and the cleansing that you come up with by getting into a body that is moving and flowing in the gifts. Um, and this is part of what I write about in my book, because in, in my book that's coming out, The Soul Connection, I talk about empowerment and I talk about how, you know, everything has a biological signature and a spiritual signature and it all dumps into the psyche. And that's where our soul is. And, the, you know, scripturally it says that the soul is the prize of man. And so... Wouldn't we want our soul to get the best input? And sometimes you have to get over, you know, what one group or even a collective denomination may have done or said or have thought about you or about what you represent and say, you know what, I forgive them and realize that you got one life to live, you better live it well, and if you carry that luggage with, you're not going to go anywhere because you're just going to be loaded down. And so I'm assuming you've had to overcome some of those feelings at one time or another because me, I've been in ministry for 10 years, and I've had to overcome a few of those feelings. And so I'm assuming the same with you. So, you know, share a little bit about that walk and, and, and how you were able to um, end up where you're at because you wouldn't be where you're at. God would not bring you, I believe, everybody on that stage was put on a platform when they were singing, right? But as soon as you started praising Jesus, you changed it from a platform to a prayer altar right there and then because no longer was it the outer man and the psyche in control, it was the spirit of God coming through you. And I'm actually really feeling, you know, that yeah. <laughs> that spirit right now, even saying that, because I've been in your presence when I have felt the spirit of the Lord move through you to help set the atmosphere. And that is part of what a worship, you know, a worship leader does, is you charge the atmosphere and you change what is an elevated position from a platform to a prayer altar. Do you agree? Yeah. <laughs> Amen to all of that. Amen to all of that. I'm going into my 15th year as a worship leader, if you can believe that. I'm about to be 30 years old. I became a worship leader of the church at 15. And uh, I have walked through some really hard times in ministry. I've had a few broken hearts by pastors and people that I have maybe looked up to too much. Um, and without getting into details, every time it's happened, I've had to, I've had to find a place of forgiveness. I had, I've had to have let God heal me so that I could walk into the next season. Coming out of the season I was just in, going into this one, these six months, I've been with Pastor Ralph for a year now. These six, first six months were just healing and trusting God. You would have told me last year where I was at, what I was walking through, that this is where I would be coming off of the biggest TV show in the world right now. There would be no way, just because of what I was holding on to and the brokenness. Mm. And so coming into this season, I had to find, I had to become fully surrendered. And I had to, I could not hold on to what was destroying me on the inside because of brokenness that someone else caused, I couldn't walk into this with that. Right. So whether that those people want to apologize or not, I had to find forgiveness and I had to find healing so that I could go into this next. And I had so much freedom in my spirit, in my mind, in my heart. Being able to be where I am right now in ministry, doing what I'm doing, getting to have had this experience that I've had, I truly believe that if I had not been obedient to God and gotten in that place of 
humility and, and, and found that healing through the Holy Spirit, I don't know if this would have happened yet. I don't think I would have been in the right place for this to mm-hmm. take place. So yes, I've walked through that kind of thing. And um, I've, I've had to like compartmentalize. Like just because people do it to you does not mean that God is not good and it does not mean that God is not real and he's not in control. Like we at the end of the day have flesh and we make stupid decisions and we make stupid moves and we hurt people. And so I've had to learn that like, God is still God. You know, I've got some family members that don't have that mindset and have let go of the Lord and let go of faith because of brokenness from humans. Mm-hmm. But I refuse to give humans power like that. Like, yes. Oh, yes. God is still my God. He's still the same God that brought me my baby girl when she was two years old. He's still the same God that's provided our whole lives. He's still the same God that healed my dad and protected him, from didn't let him die. Like, He's still this God, and I'm going to still serve him no matter what these people or anyone does to me. And I thank God for that mindset. But again, it goes back to that little 13-year-old boy that could experience the presence of God even though he didn't even know what it was yet. You know, me younger. And I've carried that my whole life, and I pray to God that I will always be able to carry and hold on to that forever. Yes. Well, you're definitely inspirational. And I I love to bring my son into your presence because – um, you two are like-hearted, uh, very kind-hearted. And, you know, it's good for the younger generation to see somebody who, who really understands, listen, I'm going to walk with integri- integrity. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to lay down my flesh because, quite frankly, you could be acting and behaving very worldly right now. Yes, correct? yes, absolutely. Correct. And a lot of things. They, there's there's women. There's all different things that get presented to you. And, and being a single man, especially like these are things that I have to like legitimately like die to my flesh every day and ask God to like, you know, for His help. You know what I mean? So yeah, thank you for that. Yes, yes, and and it is. I I did a, a talk on on um, actually it was it was the rewards of moving moving in closer to God. And I, I used the tabernacle because that was one of God's first maps that he gave us in the physical. And when you're on your way into the holiness, to the, to the inner sanctum, to, to, the, to the wholeness with God, right, the holy of holies, there's two altars. And the first one you have to lay your flesh down on. <laughs> That's the sacrificial altar. And you have to do that before you move in to the inner court so you know i I, in this lesson and it was so well received i actually gave it two days in a row out in phoenix and and uh but there's so many people who want to hold on to their baggage and and hold on to an offense and and no i don't want to sacrifice my my whatever is um so important to you of the flesh which honestly with what's going on in in our culture it's very hard to even turn on the TV without being bombarded with sexual images or, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. all the all these other things that will pull you away from your calling. And so it really does mean dying to your flesh every day if you want to walk out the things of God. Now, if you don't, then you end up feeling like you missed your purpose because we all have a purpose. Jeremy you get to be in the spotlight and you get to God's giving you a beautiful gift but with that with given much much is required and it's not how you start your race it's how you finish your race and so you know I'm going to keep you in prayer because that entertainment business in in their hooks you know um I just I'll, I'll keep you always in prayer about that because People need to see men walk it out like you're walking it out and keeping your eye on not the world's prize, but God's prize and not letting the world change you, but you continuing to transform the world. So, um, yeah, you, you will always be in my prayers with that. 
And um, before we get off the air, I am going to do, the Holy Spirit told me to, to, to pray for you because oftentimes the older generation, they want respect, they want, and we should respect our elders, but they, they don't cover. And, you know, that's part of the responsibility from one generation to another is to, to cover, just like you cover your child. And, um, and so at any rate, that, you know, that's where winning the voice may not have been the prize because you wielded the tools God gave you so well, so beautifully. And that, you know, it's opening up the venue you actually want to be in versus had you have one, you would have had an agent and probably a whole nother assignment put in front of you, right? So, yeah. I'm not sure how it all works, but I can only imagine that... Oh, yeah, you get you get signed to a record deal, to a scene where it's not a Christian record deal, you know, so what? where do we go from here? Like, do I fight to fight? It's just, it happened the way it's supposed to happen. Right. <clears throat> it was your perfect. toolbox, right? Exactly. Yep. yep. And you took it out, and guess what? This was your season to use that tool, and you used it perfectly, and it got you to where you need to be. And I'm so excited. So you have, we're going to keep uh, updated with you, Jeremy. Um, and, you know, Soul Connection USA, we have some, we'll have some pictures. We'll keep uh, posting about you. I'm going to put a connection to your website. So I'll get that yep. from you. And you're going to have some concerts coming up. So give us a little roundabout and then I'm going to, I'm going to pray yeah. for you and we'll be done with this. Your today <laughs> <laughs> this thursday and friday december 16th and 17th 7 p.m reliant family church in tampa we've got two welcome home concerts um tickets are still on sale you can find them at eventbrite.com just search jeremy rosado uh, or you can find me on social media and my website everything is i am jeremy rosado my website's i am jeremy rosado.com so yeah oh that's great that's great and i will be there and i'm going to try to get a little posse to come with me so I'm um, looking forward to it. I can't think of a better way to bring in the holiday season. Yeah, and it's and we do some Christmas songs too. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's beautiful. Yeah. So Heavenly Father, I come before you, oh God. I thank you, Lord, for giving, giving the world this man, Lord God, and his gift, God. I thank you. You are the source of all gifts, God. You are the creator. You gave him this wonderful prize. And he is using it well, God. And I thank you, God, for giving him that steady sureness in his spirit for that Holy Spirit presence that he brings to everything he does, oh, Father. And I pray, oh, Lord God, that you send your warring angels to, to strike down any and every nefarious plan, plot, scheme, or scam that would come against this man, Lord God. Steady his feet, God, and send him forward to represent your kingdom and to bring many souls to know you. And I thank you, and I seal this with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And I thank you, Lord, for this day, for you have made, and we are rejoicing, and we are glad. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jeremy, and I will see you in a couple days. Many blessings. Thank you again for tuning into The Soul Connection. Please join Dr. Christiane Lefferts again every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until our next show, find new ways this week and every week to make your own soul connections. 